Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Chamber Breakers, presented by Verizon Business and Yahoo Finance. I'm Leanna Brindad, head of Yahoo Finance UK. And I'm Xavier White, CSR and Innovation Marketing Manager at Verizon Business. During this series, Leanna and I will be inviting thought leaders to break the echo chambers surrounding key societal issues. This season, we're focused on corporate social responsibility, education and the workforce at a time of global crisis. We're delighted to welcome my friend Charlie Craggs trans activist, author, and founder of Now Transphobia. He's going to talk about her life experiences and how we stop bullying and bigotry going from the playground to the workplace. So I remember the first time I was called a girl in a mean way. Um, I am a council state girl, I'm from Labrick Grove, and uh, council states, like, I love being from a council state, but I think one of the bad things about council states is they've got this kind of, um, this macho culture where boys are expected to be men before their time. And that hurts everyone. It hurts the boys who are boyish boys who um, I feel are kind of fed this um, kind of like the tropes of like boys don't cry and boys aren't sensitive and boys have to be tough and stuff. But it also hurts the boys or people who aren't like kind of gender conforming and aren't tough and stuff. And I, as someone who is assigned male at birth and someone who transitioned in their kind of like early 20s, late teens, I um, was one of these boys who was really sensitive and effeminate and quiet. And um, because of these things, I was called a girl. Like people would always be like, oh, you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a girl. And I remember the first time I was called it, I, I like ran home to my mum and I cried and I was so embarrassed. And I was almost embarrassed to tell my mum as well. And um it's funny because I go back to my council state now, like I've moved away recently and I get called a man by the same people who called me a girl, which is really interesting because it's like, you can't win with these people. Like you called me a girl and I became a girl and now you're calling me a man. Like it's just, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's, it's not funny at all actually. It's actually very sad, but you have to laugh. Um, and I think my laughing at it is my way of coping with it. Um, and another way I cope with it is by kind of having gotten involved with activism. So at the start of my transition, I started a campaign called Nail Transphobia, where I basically travel around the UK with a pop-up nail salon and offer the public free manicures for the chance to have a chat with a trans person in a bit to kind of open minds and like change, change hearts and minds and to change perspectives as well as like um, kind of just give people a chance to meet a trans person. Um, and it's all about like breaking misconceptions and making allies. And a big reason I did this was because I kind of understood that like most people just haven't met a trans person before. And this is where these misconceptions come from. And then the transphobia is where like that, that's what comes out of the misconceptions because people just don't understand. And I, I, I kind of look back at my, like my early years and just understand that like, if these people had like, like, I almost, it's a weird kind of complex of like, do I blame them? Like, cause they didn't have exposure to people like me or 
do I don't know like it's it's a really hard thing but um I think the sooner people and this includes like young people like children like like how what I was experienced growing up like if they were to be exposed to different types of people there'd be less um bullying amongst young people but also amongst older people because like it doesn't matter if you you grow up but if you still haven't met a, a trans person you could still be uh transphobic in the workplace or in or even in like social spaces or whatever like you're there's people I'm sure like those those boys on my estate who um grew up and like have taken that with them and like have gone into different spaces and it, yeah it does it doesn't end it's not like I think there's this misconception that like you grow up and then like everything's okay and you become like you like I don't know like you change and stuff and not everyone changes because not everyone's exposed to different sorts of people so I think um and my work is all about giving people a chance to meet these sorts of people and different types of people like my thing is all about like essentially holding hands of a stranger because while you're doing someone's nails you're kind of holding their hands um so I just think we need to hold hands a bit more and all come together and just like just talk to different talk to people outside of our kind of circles and echo chambers and like when you meet these people and like get to know people from these communities about taking it back to your communities as well um and I think yeah I think that's what's gonna help solve this issue I feel like that's a very like Miss World answer of like how do we get world peace and it's like um da, da, da. <laughs> yeah hopefully that's something no, it's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your honesty, your experiences. Before we begin with questions, I wonder if you could just confirm to our listeners what your pronouns are and then explain a little bit about why someone not respecting a trans person's pronouns or any person's pronouns is actually bullying. Yeah, so my pronouns are she and her. I don't like saying preferred pronouns because I don't prefer the pronouns she and her. They are my pronouns. People who are kind of people who are cis and who are happy with the pronouns they were given they're not their preferred pronouns they're just their pronouns so I think we should move away from calling them preferred pronouns I know you didn't call them preferred pronouns but just I'm just giving people that message but um they're kind of um I think people roll their eyes when we talk about things like pronouns uh and they think it's like this millennial thing like oh god why like all oh, pronouns like these weren't a thing in my day or like oh like what why do you care and stuff and the people who roll their eyes are people who have never been hurt by pronouns you know in the same way that people might roll their eyes at like safe spaces or things like that the people who roll their eyes or pride or something are people who've never needed safe spaces or pride or, or pronouns like you need to, if you're rolling your eyes, you need to ask yourself like why? And it's, it comes from privilege. You've never, you've never, you've been very blessed in that your pronouns have always fit you. So you've never, they've never been an, a, a, even a thought to you. So just like, rather than rolling your eyes, just like, it takes nothing. It's literally, it's literally a word. It's, and it's not even like a new word. It's literally just changing the word you use for another word. It's not even like you have to put more effort to say two words. You literally just have to change the word. Um, and it costs you nothing. And not doing it is a form of bullying. It is, it's just very, very disrespectful. It's very, it's hurtful to the person like I am, someone who, because, um, so trans women, like, I think there's this misconception that, like, because trans guys, when they take testosterone, their voice changes. So people think that trans women's voice change when we take hormones, but they don't. And my voice is, like, the thing that gives me away most and the thing that gets me kind of clocked and the thing that gets me abuse. Um, and it is also the thing that leads to me getting misgendered or, like, people give me the wrong pronoun. And it really hurts. So, like, I'm someone who gets misgendered and has the wrong pronoun use of them constantly. And it really does, it chips away at your 
every time it happens, it chips away at your soul a little bit. When someone uses the wrong pronoun, it kind of, it's not to do with like how others see you or like being affirmed by other people, but it's how you see yourself. And like, it really, really hurts on a deep level for the world to be seeing you a different way to how you feel inside. And also like in a way that is really, um, in a way that like the, the way I can best describe it is like, being pre-transition I felt sick like I felt physically sick I, I could hardly look at myself in a mirror like I felt depressed I felt suicidal like it it kind of triggers all those feelings um so yeah I'd urge people who kind of roll their eyes at pronouns or don't really try with pronouns or don't think pronouns matter to just like understand that it might not matter to you but it matters to other people um and I'd also on the the topic of pronouns bring up like if you don't know someone's pronoun ask like you don't it's okay to make mistakes I've made mistakes I'm a trans person I've made mistakes with other trans people do you know I mean like it's it's okay we're all human we all make mistakes and it's a lot of muscle memory as well but um just try your best like if you slip up apologize and move on if you don't know someone's pronoun ask um and yeah, maybe we need to like normalize this culture of asking pronouns because that would save a lot of a lot of hurt for people like me who do get um, misgendered with the wrong pronoun. I think that's really profound what you're saying as well. And it's actually, like you said, it doesn't cost anything. It's muscle memory. Just just respect um, the assigned pronoun and um, and the not the preferred but the one that is your um that's been chosen and go with it and i think that one of the big things and i'd love to get your thoughts on this is that that may seem like a small thing but it can make such a huge difference to someone's life and um at work and in the corporate world there seems to be some really great steps that companies are taking and i know that our company does as well where it's been very encouraged um that even if you are cisgender that to put in what your pronouns are into your emails or into your company profiles um how do you feel that will uh, make a difference in terms of the the cis world, basically, um, understanding the importance of pronouns? I think you've kind of answered it in yourself in that it just kind of manifests this culture of respecting pronouns, understanding the like pronouns, understanding that if even if not the need for yourself like, and the the kind of the importance for yourself just for other people and just it kind of like also just normalizes a culture of like um asking pronouns and just like knowing pronouns and like like just being conscious I guess is the word I'm trying to find of pronouns I think it kind of is really good for that I think if we just manifest this culture where we're just like we understand the importance of pronouns um which can be helped along by doing things like what you mentioned I think that it will just it will help everyone and it it just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's no losers in this. It is literally portrayed like it's some like millennial thing, like, oh, these annoying little SJW crybabies. But like non-binary identities have, have been around since literally in every like ancient culture, there's uh, proof of existence of people of like third genders where they're like not here nor there and stuff. And it's, it just is, it's kind of been like uh, demonized, but really like, is it hurting you to really like say a word or like they or to uh, to ask someone their pronoun? No, it's not. Just like be a decent human. Jesus Christ, it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, I I completely agree. It's not that hard. But I wonder when we talk about technology and how that can allow people to write their pronouns on on profiles on email signatures. It's also unfortunately not that hard to use technology the other way and to hide behind the screen 
the things like cyberbullying. And people do, they hide behind their avatars, their screens. And I wonder, since the world's been the strange world we now live in and we've all been behind our screens that much more, have you seen an increase in transphobia? Do you think people are using technology to perpetuate hate as well as progress? And is, is it getting worse? I hate the word influencer, but I do like influencer work. So I've got like a bit of a following. And obviously with a following, you get like the good people following you, but also get like, you you put your head above a parapet and you get bad people following you too. So like, I get a lot of um, abuse in my DMs and like, I don't engage now because you just kind of learn that they've come looking for a fight. So if you fight with them, you're giving them what they want. And it's like what your mum says when you grow up, like, oh, don't, that's what they want. And I was always like, no, well, I'm going to fight with them. But when I when you actually think about it, it's like, they literally have searched you up, typed your name in, gone to your profile, pressed message, typed a message. They have looked for a fight. And if you give it to them, you are giving them what they want. So I refuse to do that now. But one time before I was clever enough to learn this, I, I did um, uh, reply to, I had this really long argument with this guy um, who was being really, 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 saying really disgusting things to me. And then um, by the end of the argument, he like apologized to me. When you speak to someone, like often like uh, trolls will like send one message, but like once you like get to know someone, like while you're arguing with them, even like you're speaking to someone, he like got to know me. I was like, why being me? Like, I, I think I told him like I was having a, like, I was like, this is the last thing I need. I'm having a really bad day. Like, and then he was like, oh, sorry. And, he, and then he like apologized and then he like went totally back on himself and then he was like I, I have um have a gay uncle just to say like da, da, da. and I just thought it's just so funny but like people would say what they want over a keyboard much easier than what they'd say to your face if you're standing in person because the it kind of creates like a barrier an emotional barrier almost as well where like there's a kind of separation and they can kind of even people who aren't even trolling who are just like just saying throwaway comments on the internet that just like, maybe are a slightly mean like and it's like you just wouldn't say that to someone in person so like yeah I do I do think this is kind of manifested a, a quite a mean kind of toxic culture this kind of lack of accountability for what you're saying because you just wouldn't say these things in person life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In a time like this, when everything is a lot more online and, you know, one can hope People get more educated and things get better. Um, but in the meantime, how would you say are the best ways that to educate the populace and the mental health support needs for the trans community at time like this? But also at the same time, what can people do in the workplace to be able to support either, you know, fellow colleagues or understand a bit more in order to make things a better place. I mean, I know that sounds like that is definitely like world peace stage, but this is what we want to get to. It's actually like, hey, um, but it is very important. And like now's the time more than ever that that needs to be focused on. What would your advice be? Oh, this is a really good question. Um, 
I always say, and it's like the easiest thing, and it's something you can do right, literally right now, like anyone listening to this, um, and it's something we can do while we're in lockdown, is just to um, follow people online who ex- like who um, are part of communities that you're not part of, that you kind of don't understand, and you can follow like silently, like you don't have to engage with their content, you don't have to like it or comment or like anything or message them, obviously. If you're just like slowly digesting all the things that they're posting and their captions and like just kind of almost by osmosis, like you're gonna like build up a kind of like a better understanding of that person and of that, what that person kind of represents uh, as part of that community. Um, So like, say for example, like if a, like a super blokey straight guy was to like follow me, like, and he wasn't even like engaging with me or like in my post or commenting or anything. If he was just like reading my captions every time I posted something, he would slowly like learn quite a lot about the trans community from uh, my posts because I am like I um I guess you'd have to follow people who are kind of like consider themselves like activists in their community but you, you just really would and I think that's the easiest thing you can do is to understand to to gain a better understanding of a community and to become a better ally just listen listening is so important and if go beyond digital like read like books like watch films um YouTube videos even podcasts like this even I think it's really important just to information about communities that we're not part of so we can better understand them because you can't understand like if you're not part of in the same way I can't understand any community I'm not part of but I what I do is I just I just listen you just listen and you soak it up and you don't need to it's not about like you have to go and like speak on stage about what you've learned you just like know it in your heart and you share that information when you hear things that are uh contrary to that information you speak out and you say something like if I was in the workplace and like I heard something that didn't sit right with me uh, in regards to another community from what I've learned I would I would say something so I I just hope that people start kind of doing this just listening more yeah and it is a lot of it is personal responsibility we have to make ourselves better people to make the world a better place but do you think more needs to be done not just from the individual but from the corporation and, and in technology to help with this it's about just like fostering a sense of kind of make like making like the workspace like a safe space and just like having like policy in place that makes it clear what's allowed, what's not allowed, and just like what you stand for as a company, what you don't stand for, and like having these things in place kind of creates a environment that everyone in that who exists in that space knows like oh I can say or think or do this and I can't do this or I can't say this. And also just like that's kind of reiterated by the people who work there then and just like encouraging that kind of fostering of community in the sense that of like what I said before about like calling things out if you hear something that's wrong and even if it's not um, offensive to you, like you're not part of that community. But if you hear something that's wrong, say something. And you don't even, if you're not a confrontational person, honey, you don't even have to say it to the person. Go to HR, like, you know what I mean? Like you have to say something. Like don't, if you, if it goes unchallenged, the person who said the the dodgy thing now knows they can get away with saying that and everyone who was in earshot knows that they can too so it kind of fosters an environment that's like racist or homophobic or whatever I think it's really important just to yeah just to create environments in the workspace that are safe spaces for everyone and I think that's that kind of it's all of our responsibility and it's something that we can all kind of police and um because we can't rely like I think it'd be amazing to like wish for these big companies to do the things that you're saying but I I don't know if they are actually going to like I don't know if they feel any sense of duty like duty was the word and I feel like that's quite a a strong word I don't think they I don't know if they feel that sense of duty but I think as humans like business aside money aside humans 
good humans, good people should feel a sense of duty, um, even if businesses don't. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things there is that what we can all do on individual levels as well to create those networks, to create that great sense of community environment, because it will change things. And almost going in full circle into this conversation is that even going before adulthood and fostering that sense of education and understanding in childhood, you were talking about obviously being raised on a council state with the toxic masculinity and, you know, those boys that are very pressured to be a certain way, which impacts the entire community. Do you think that um, in terms of in those formative years, actually, regardless whether you're on council state or whether you go to a private school and in a very privileged situation, that the education actually at school, there should be some education around gender. Absolutely. I think everything should. I think it's just important that it's not even about like whether you agree with something or whether you ask something, just everything should be talked about just to like, like just to, so that it's not taboo because things are only taboo if they're not talked about, you know, things are only taboo if they're hush hush and like, Oh, that's wrong. Da, 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 da. Like if things are just normalized, then there's no shame in it. You know, like if, if you, if like, if we, if kids were taught from an early late age that like some boys like boys, like then, then it's normal. It's like fat to them. Like kids will be like, okay, then, okay. Like and ki most kids are like that, but it's they're, they're taught the the homophobia or the transphobia or the racism or the whatever. Kids aren't born that way. They're taught it. So rather than teaching them that, we need to be teaching them that it's okay. And then they wouldn't be going around the playground bullying the little gay kids or bullying the kids of like different races or whatever. Like it's just, I think that's, that's where it starts. And that's why we have it in the workplace as well as because it wasn't challenged, you know, like they, and they've like left the playground being homophobic or racist or whatever. And they've gone into the workplace being like that. I'm sure like the people I went to school with, I'm sure that they're still making gay jokes in the staff room at work. I, I can promise you they are. It's, it's just, I think it's, we're failing both the kind of the perpetrators, like the people who are being these bad things, but also obviously most importantly, the people who are on the receiving end, I think everyone is being failed. Like if, if we're not, if we're just gonna, it's such a British thing to just like not talk about it and just rather like hide, like be polite and just like not address the kind of uncomfortable thing and be passive aggressive. Why don't we just like address this like big ugly thing in the room of like the past and like how things are, even not the past, not that long ago, it's literally like even, even now, like it's happening. So like, I just think it needs to be addressed rather than skirted over and just like have these uncomfortable conversations. And they're really not that uncomfortable. Like I think it's, it's these things, especially when you talk about things like, um, LGBT stuff and kids like gender or like, um, get, like sexuality stuff. It's, it's made out to be like, oh, but kids, like it's too much for kids and kids won't understand. First of all, kids do understand. And it's like, you're not given a, a five-year-old the ins and outs of sexual intercourse or like, or homosexual into sexual intercourse, but you're literally just saying some boys like boys, like you'll be, the, these people who are saying that it's a problem will be fine like, asking that child, have you got a boyfriend or girlfriend? So that child does understand what a girlfriend or boyfriend is. They just need to be told some boys can have boyfriends. That's all you need to say. Why is that more offensive than like asking your little boy, oh, how many girlfriends do you have? Like, it's exactly the same thing, but it's rooted in homophobia that you think it's a bad thing. Like, so I think we just need to address these uncomfortable truths. Yeah, I, I think we do. And I just wanted to, you know, say that you to, to many people are a bit of a trans icon. Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Don't you dare. I, I, knew it was I have twenty five K followers. No, I'm not beyond that. I'm like I'm nobody. 
Too humble. Yeah, you've gone from someone that I knew in a London youth group when we were LGBT kids to somebody that, you know, you spoke at Cannes Lions, you, you've been published, you are an award-nominated author, a person that's on top this and most influential that list. You've been in Vogue, modelled for a Selfridges campaign. So I thought, as you're a, an out and proud trans woman and you, you've achieved all these things, we've talked about some quite bleak things and the world can seem really awful for trans people if you if you go on social media and you you get caught up in those those debates that happen that are just bullying as we've discussed yeah so if there's someone listening and and they're a young trans person or they're questioning their gender identity maybe there's someone unsure of coming out because of the transphobia as someone that's that's done it and achieved and proved that you can have a life of all of the things that everyone dreams of when they're a kid and the achievements that we're taught to aim for do you have any advice what would what would you say First of all, I say buy my book because it will really help you along your way. <laughs> I would say, you know what? It's really key to work on yourself, to build up yourself, kind of the, the, the toughness of your skin, essentially, like the kind of like your self-esteem and stuff so that you're not hurt or affected by the uh, things that are the things that other people say or do because people are going to say or do them. I'm going to just be real. Like, it's not going to be easy. But once it's hard, but you're harder. Um, so just build up like your kind of like strength and find a way to, if you can like find a way of like f putting that kind of passion, whether it's like anger or like sadness or something into like something productive for yourself. Um, or if not, just for your kind of, strength of character that's i think the, the best way to get through it because if you don't find a way of like processing the sad things in life i think sometimes you just get too i mean you're just gonna end it all like there's there's no kind of like silver lining there's no, nothing to be like well at least this came out of it if you can't find something good in a situation like why are you here so just yeah try and find try and find something good in the in the bad well, I think that's without a doubt the one of the best ways to finish an interview on such a affirmative and empowering note. So it's amazing. Thank you so much. But before we go, definitely want to give you an opportunity to let anyone who's watching or listening, let them know how to follow you, what counts, and also how to find you online. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so I am just Charlie underscore Crags on everything. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, that sort of thing. Um, I don't really use Twitter, actually, because it's so it's literally just a cesspit of like, yeah. arguing. <laughs> Especially about I'm like, no, I'm good. You can follow me on there if you want. But like, I won't be on there. But I'll be on Instagram. That's where the good content is. That's where the content is of me dragging transphobes. So everyone check that out without a doubt. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. It's so brilliant. And for everyone watching and listening, you can find videos and articles about this series on the Yahoo Finance UK site. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe to hear more.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.